On 1116 SEN, the Four Diego's. G'day everyone and welcome to the Four Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Thanks for joining us, Rodrigo Rodriguez with you and uh, another great show for Finey. So thanks to Finey, we'll be back tomorrow from 7pm. Vinnie Venezuela's here looking resplendent in an AS Roma strip. Yes. Um, yes. Orange and black. It's when you win, but you still lose. Yes. <laughs> moment for Roma fans. Looking forward to talking to you a little bit more about the uh, some all the stuff that's happening in Europe, or some of it anyway. Some of it. Uh, Warren, you're here as well. Nice weather, by the way. I just thought I'd compliment you so that our listeners um, understand the, the, complexity the complexity of doing the weather. So well done. <laughs> yep, Good you. to see you. Looking very happy. Yeah, likewise. And Carlos Alberto Diego, you're in the house as well. Yes, so Rodrigo, I'm very, very excited, as I always am at this part. This is our time. Because, of course, uh, grand final week, I'm looking for the grand final marathon, yeah, footy marathon. Right, right. We'll have 10 games in our footy marathon. Yep. And because, uh, of course, AFL has theirs going almost for 48 hours. Oh, it's a 48-hour marathon. Yeah, they've had so many games, but we've had 10. So they just keep on, you know, on rotation yep. throughout the night. So I uh, cannot wait for that. But is grand final, do we have a grand final parade at all? Oh, Do they no. have one in, in Adelaide or not? Well, I think they'll be having one, Carlos, because yep. there's so many Western Sydney Wanderers fans uh, going. They'll, they'll they'll definitely do a parade through yeah, the streets of true. Adelaide yeah. uh, like they normally do. So yep. uh, so it's unbelievable, the, mm. the amount of... It'll uh, be in the Valiant Safaris, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm just excited about the prospect of someone just breaking into the stadium and mowing the lawn <laughs> before the actual, you know, know, before the AFL game. Isn't that crazy? Of course, the controversy over there at the moment, there's, uh, you know, there's... Uh, it's become, a, it's, it's become a tradition, the old AFL soccer type debate before the big game, because last year we couldn't even use a proper stadium because the AFL had booked it and all that sort of stuff. Well, the controversy this year is that apparently the AFL, their mandated length of grass... It's a contract, Carlos, is, with the Adelaide Oval. Yes, that's right. It's three millimetres longer, the mm. grass in AFL, than the uh, mandatory length of grass... In football, three millimeters is a lot, Carlos. Oh, and of course, uh, you know, West Sydney Wanderers—they're <laughs> so sensitive at the moment. They they're so on edge that to play on grass that's a little bit longer, or to train on that, because of course you want to have be, a turn it'll training. Be, yeah, it'll be cut for the, for the game, game. But of course, there's an AFL game on the Saturday, and they've got to play with longer grass. So. Uh, West Sydney Wonders who arrive on Friday will have to train on the longer grass. Do you do you send people to make sure the three millimeters gets taken off? <laughs> <laughs> will it ha- like will it's, they have, will they know for sure? It's oh. manicured apparently, Vinny. There's no lawnmower used. They'll flatten it out, Carlos, the night before. Don't yeah. worry about it's it. Done it's done by hand. It's so I'm sure it'll be done. Yeah. you know, above board, Rodrigo. Yeah. But you yeah. know the. The, the brouhaha. Yeah. Well, apparently, apparently Brendan Sandlam, they're worried about him getting lost in the grass. He's so short. <laughs> If the grass is too long, so... Uh, like a mess of a docker's not playing. Finnegan, you know, I'd, I'd worry more about... To West Sydney Wanderers out there who are complaining about the grass, worry more about your defending <laughs> than the length of the grass, please. Spend the time you worry about the grass 
on your defence. Especially in the first 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> keep, keep your hands down yep. and your bums in your shorts. Absolutely. Yeah, looking forward to a grand final. Um, and, of course, we'll catch up with Warren, who's got a bit of a rant coming up. Vinny's, uh, as you said earlier, is going to talk about Europe. But uh, tonight's show is proudly brought to you by Football Federation Victoria Community in Business. They've got their big luncheon happening next Friday, the 6th of May, at White Knight Receptions in Maidstone. Looking forward to that at 12 p.m. I'm actually going. Um, you boys obviously are otherwise engaged, but I'm going. The special guest at this event is Australia's greatest socceroo. Voted Australia's greatest socceroo. Arguably. Voted. Voted, Carlos. Yeah, yeah. Harry Kuehl is going to be there. He's the feature guest. Um, looking forward to that. Looking forward to him having a chat with uh, Australia's MC, George Danikian. Mm. Let's call him that. He's Australia's MC. Yeah. And uh, it's going to be fantastic. So community and business, you know, they've had uh, guests like Bresciano, Scocco, and uh, Ange Postacoglu was there as well a couple of uh, months ago. So looking forward to that. Can't wait. If uh, you want to go, um, if you're a business and you want to network, um, talk to other businesses, talk to other stakeholders within the football community, community. It's a wonderful event. Uh, call Anthony Grimmer on 0466 208 213 or go to agrimmer at uh, ffe.org.au By the way, if you're a member of Community and Business by the time the International Champions Cup mm. comes along, the ICC, you're in for an amazing treat. I can't reveal all now, but uh, it's an extra bonus to uh, jump on board community and business because they've got some fantastic things that they're doing around the ICC. A night out with the Juventus boys at the Italian dinner dance? <laughs> it could be a night out with the Diego's. At the... <laughs> speaking of that, yes. speaking of that, FFE have been very generous, community ah. and business. They're giving, they're giving us the opportunity to give away two tickets to CIB. So if you want to check out Harry Kuehl and uh, mingle with the Hoy Poloi. And, and, and Ro- Rodriguez. Rodrigo. Yeah, the Hoy Rodriguez. Yeah. The Hoy Poloi of the football <laughs> industry here in Victoria. Let's face it, they only got Harry because they got you yeah, first. Right. Yeah, let, there you Rodrigo. go. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> on the same kind of level, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to, the third caller through, this is an old FM trick, the third yeah. caller through today, we are going to give those tickets to. So two tickets to this wonderful uh, luncheon. It's a two-course meal. George Zanikian up on stage. Harry Kuehl up on stage. It should be fantastic. So uh, make sure you uh, give us a call. Zero, um, 9429 1116. The boys are ready to take your call. The third caller through. And uh, we'll announce you on air. Can I just say very quickly, I got very excited uh, this week because I went to uh, the Andy Warhol exhibition and I had no idea that Andy Warhol had met uh, Palais. <laughs> and so I, I tweeted some photos of um, Andy Warhol with Pelé, meeting Pelé. Then, George Neakin, Australia's MC, MC yeah. tweets a photo of him meeting Pelé. <laughs> so now I don't know who to like more, Andy Warhol or George Neakin. I'll ask George. I'm torn. I'll ask George next Friday if he's met Andy Warhol. Yes. Ah. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> 9429 a third caller through. They're coming through thick and fast. Um but uh, the hot topic tonight, Carlos. Yes, of course. There's been controversy. If you watched us on Periscope prior to the, oh. uh, the show, we always do our little Periscope uh, thing on Twitter. And uh, there's a bit of controversy, a little bit of uh, little consternation bit of in the Diego's camp at the moment. But, of course, the Dolan Warren Awards uh, were awarded last night. And, of course, uh, the hot favourite was Bruno Fornaroli. Aaron Mori was up there. Diego Castro... Diego Castro won the award. And, and my hot topic tonight, or our hot topic tonight, is um, uh, Diego Castro was awarded the Johnny Warren medal last night. Was it the right result? 
Was it the right result? And if not, who should have won it? Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. By the way, congratulations to Tim in Williamstown. You were the third caller through, and you've picked yourself up two tickets to Community and Business next Friday, the sixth of May, at White Knight Receptions. Look forward to meeting you there. It's um, thirteen past eleven. Everybody was kung fu fighting. Those kids were fast as yes, it's time now for Warren's rant. A bit early for his rant. No, we're going to get into it now, Carlos, because of the hot topic. Go for it. I haven't been able to speak for the first five minutes of the show because, I mean, the hot topic is... The hot topic's irrelevant tonight, Carlos. Irrelevant because there's you're, only you're two com- answers. You're combustible right there's now. There's only two answers to the question. <laughs> Should have Diego Castro won? No. Simple. <laughs> and who should have won it if he shouldn't have won it? Well, the answer is Aaron Moy. I mean, a former player, a member of the FFA technical com- staff, well, that's a misnomer, Match officials and senior member of Australian football media. I wonder if this senior member had a pulse and was watching the games just very quietly. <laughs> Aaron Moy was so that, far... Ex- explain that they are the people who voted every week for 27 rounds. They voted every week for 27 rounds. Okay. Somehow I think they <laughs> did it in a pub after seven <laughs> beers every Sunday night just very quietly. A pub in Perth. Aaron Moy, <laughs> it's, it's a blight on the game that the best player that the A-League has produced, the best Australian player in the history of the A-League, <laughs> the modern history of the A-League, this incarnation of Australian football, didn't, before he travels overseas, to become not the next Tommy Rogic, <laughs> but the next Aaron Moy overseas, Rogic. doesn't get an award. <laughs> and by all measure, statistical measure, you know, what we see, the beauty of the game, now he wins on Every angle. He topped the assists. He gave he gave Bruno Fornaroli most of the goals that he scored this season. He was in the top four scorers himself. And you're telling me the leader of a team that didn't win a game till Christmas. I'm not telling you. It's a, it's, it's it's the game telling it is, you. The game <laughs> the is wrong. Nights telling you. It is it is a blight. All right, Warren. On the game. There you go. You've made your point. That's Warren's rant. Very, very forceful. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Who should have won the Johnny oh, Warren Medal? And it's not why? a hot topic. Look, look the way the, the the way the thing was awarded this year. I mean, in the past, it's been the players who've been given the opportunity after you know. I think every nine rounds, uh, they all got together and they got to vote. And because they weren't doing it game by game, they actually and, and you weren't allowed to vote for players in your own team. You could get a spread of votes across, you know, uh, different teams, and the best players would always rise to the top doing that. But this year, because they've changed the voting system, um, and these people that Warren's talked about, these uh, you know the media representatives, the, 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 the technical director, and all that sort of stuff, they get to vote after every game, and of course. A Moy and Fornaroli playing in the same team are going to take votes from each other because it's three, two, one. Castro had no one to compete against there in Perth. Keo came late, so he was going to be an issue. Castro got all the votes, and this year, um, of course, Moy and Fornaroli and probably a few others were taking votes off each other at City. It, it that's, that's the explanation. It wouldn't happen that way. If FIFA were running at Carlos. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I know. Yeah, no, I tend to agree with you. <laughs> it's true. He's uh, a here we go, Wayne in Parkdale. I'm a victory supporter, but clearly Aaron Moy was a standout. Yeah, there you look, go, Warren. It, it was it was a dysfunction. It, for me, it's a dysfunctional way 
of, of voting, why couldn't they stick with the players? I don't understand. It's not that they've got it wrong in the past. Fair dinkum. It sounds like the voting system was more complex than what it's going to be to vote for the Senate it's in the not, next it's election. It's just four Fair people income. voting three, two, it's and one. It's not complex. Joke. It's a it's, joke. But Diego Castro is a good player. He's a good player. He's a very good player. He's not a dud. That's right. He's Aaron like... Moy could carry Diego Costa on <laughs> oh, his shoulders that's... and walk down Swan Street. It's not even not even in the same conversation. Listen, when that's Moy picks true. up his first million dollar check, if he hasn't already, he's going to forget about it. He's not going to worry about it too care. much. Okay. No, care. it is. Today, just say happy birthday to Peter in Cheltenham. It's his fifty third birthday. Happy birthday, Pete. Hopefully, Liverpool can bring a smile uh, to his face with a good result back from Villarreal. Yeah, so yeah, there that, you go. that'll happen. No chance. Birthday, Pete. <laughs> they can't score. We are okay. Hey, um, let, let's get let's move yes. off the hot topic because. Uh, What's your opinion, Rodrigo? Well, no, I think <laughs> I think um, I think Bruno Fornaroli should have won. I, I, he was my my <laughs> tip beforehand. So but, what do you uh, say about that? Warren? I'm a little bit surprised, but uh, you know you don't score as many goals as he did. Well, the did. thing that surprises mm. me most is that Rodrigo had an opinion that he was prepared stop, to stop. Jeez, jeez, <laughs> I'm going to get offended soon. Jeez, easy. As I extract the splinter from my back. <laughs> easy, Tiger. I, I agree with you, Rodrigo. I, w- I would. I was expecting Fornaroli yeah. to win it just because you know he made the headlines quite often. No, absolutely. He he was, in my opinion, the best player in the league. I don't mind Castro winning it. Teddy Chase. I don't. I, I don't good have player, an opinion good, on great that player. one. Great uh, player. In I, fact, he he completely outshone uh, Moy in that game in Perth, and probably every time they've played him this yeah, year. And Moy Castro's completely been better, outshone him in the final. Yeah, with, he had a half a hamstring. A oh, half a hamstring. <laughs> I really dislike City, but how does Moy not win it? There you go. Uh, Moy was the best, hands down. Embarrassing for our league. Hashtag victory man. Jeez, victory jumping on board Aaron Moy. Um, hey, we must be making a move. Boys, before... We've got to buy him. Yeah. Come. Exactly. That's, what, that's what they're hoping for. We were hoping to get into some discussion around the grand final, but uh, we've got a call here from Marcus in South Melbourne. Yep. Maybe a little bit off topic, but uh, Marcus, when Marcus calls, the Diego's answer. So, yeah, g'day, Marcus. Welcome to the show. How are we? Yeah, How very are we, well. ladies and gentlemen out there listening? You know they did the same thing to Gary Lineker at Leicester, don't you? They uh, wouldn't give him the awards and he ended up going overseas. Okay. Is that is that what happened? Yeah. That's what uh, I, I, No, well, he went to Barcelona, mate. I think he went for other reasons other than the awards. Put it that way. Oh, well, they didn't have, much, they didn't have that much money in those days. That was under... Um, Terry Venables, you went over there to play under? No, no, that was under the late great just passed away from home. Oh, yes, of course. Um, Rob Croyf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, they didn't. That was when they were building the club, but they didn't like him in England. Wouldn't put him in the England squad. Remember, they dropped in for the World Cup, even when he was playing for Barcelona. So there's always great unrecognised footballers out there, aren't they, Diego's? <laughs> you got your, you got that out yeah, in the yeah, end. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I thought Gary Lineker was well loved over there. I don't have his stats in front of me. I don't doubt, I don't doubt at all what you're saying, Marcus. But uh, he played many games for England, scored many goals, and he was their talisman for a long time. In fact, in 1990, he's the guy who rescued them really from the first couple of uh, group games where they weren't going so well. Scored some really important goals, and then they. Made it all the way to the semi-finals. Unlucky losers in that semi-final too. He sent out a fantastic tweet just recently. Yes. It was uh, watching Lionel Messi makes me realise how bad I yeah, was. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah. It's true. I mean, he was a he was a limited player. Don't get me wrong, but he was one of those limited players that could score a lot of goals. Anyway, Marcus, you want to talk about Leicester? I was going to say, um, 
rather than listening to the two teddy bears, was it koala bears or teddy bears in the commercials that said, are we there yet, arguing over City and uh, Victory? Maybe we should look over to uh, Leicester and get the Spurs element of the Diego's to admit that the title is theirs now. Is there, is there a Spurs element of the Diego's? I, I think Not in this room. Well, maybe Mike McGrath is a, a Spurs oh, fan, yeah, our, our correspondent from the UK. And we'll catch up with Mike yeah. a little bit later on. So we'll get into this topic, uh, Mike, yeah. at about uh, quarter to midnight. Yeah, no, we're, we're, uh, I would think that we are in the, in the Leicester demographic, low socioeconomic, uh, nerds, dags, uh, <laughs> guys who 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 just medi- mid mid table mediocrity. That's what we go for. Mm. Uh, Punch ignored, above our we're, we're ignored. Le- yes, we're Leicester through and through. There this show. Thanks, is. thanks for your call, there, Marcus. Uh, make sure you're listening a little bit later on. But boys, um, just we want to talk about the grand final. So mm. uh, obviously, Western Sydney Wanderers go to Adelaide and take on United there, and it's, it's going to be a, a a great game. I'm really looking forward to this. Hopefully, it's a great spectacle. Hopefully, the pitch is in good nick. Um, but did the best two teams qualify? For me, yeah, I, I, definitely. And even even when the West Sydney Wanderers went down three 0 and Brisbane Raw for me is a really good side, a very resilient team, a team that never says uh, never gives up. Uh, they didn't particularly play well on the weekend, even though went they went three 0 up. I thought West Sydney Wanderers are dominant almost through that whole game, but just shows the quality. They were calm, composed. They came back, scored the goals. You know, they've actually, in the four years of their existence, this is their third grand final, and they've just been in and around. They've won things like the Asian Cup. I mean, this this is a a team under Popovich that uh, is a quality team, but Adelaide at home, We've seen what they've done to Melbourne City in the last couple of games, plus what they've done on their on their winning run since really since November. Uh, this is a really good side, and they talk about the family atmosphere. That's what Adelaide's mm. got, and they're going to play in front of a packed house at home. For me, I just think Adelaide will win it, but it's going to be a great grand final. Can I just say both semi-finals were compelling, and I know that City. Uh the the scoreline didn't flatter them at all, but I thought they were very noble and played some beautiful football, even though they they did get outplayed by by Adelaide in many ways. I think Adelaide has just been they're sharp and their their passing is just spot on at the moment. But I I, I also think that Wanderers uh, are so so dangerous and they play for the full ninety and they're just a threat. And as the game against Raw showed, so I think it's going to be a cracker of a final. Oh, I don't know. I don't expect it to be high scoring, but uh, I think it's just going to be compelling. Mm. Yeah, it's Bruce Jute who has been loved and then unloved and then injured and then unloved and <laughs> back loved. I mean, he was the difference in the two teams in the uh, Melbourne City game. I thought, you know, City were competitive and they dug in, but the way Jitto was able to play, I mean, I think, you know, Western Sydney Wanderers have probably got the ability to match Adelaide and I think they've got lots of avenues to goal. If you look at Dario Vidasic, if you look at Santalab, if you look at, you know, other Bridge, players at Bridge. Bridge, they've got really multiple and different ways Castellan. to score. So I think they can trouble Adelaide, but Adelaide are playing with such confidence and they're very solid, aren't they? They're just like they roll out the same performance every week. And because Jitte is scoring goals, that they're very hard to beat. So I think it's going to be a really compelling game. And Western Sydney Wanderers have made three finals in four years, never at home. They've yep. never played a game at home. They've never had a final at home. And look, you talked about Tony Popovich. Remember, 
18 months ago, he was in line almost for the Crystal Palace job I was talking. And that was in the midst of them having a season where they finished bottom of the ladder. For him to turn it around in 12 months, he's completely re- reconfigured that team. And for them to come back and... And, and change their style, by the way. Mm. They've, yep. they've actually now playing a possession style of football, an attacking possession style. And, you, you know, this is a guy that started fully-fledged coaching, you know, as a full-time, his own man, four years ago. I mean, he, he'd done a really long apprenticeship as an assistant coach, as a Crystal Palace and so forth. But really, this guy has got it in his DNA. I, I think we've got our ready-made, when Ange goes to better, greener pastures later on, I think we've got our ready-made replacement as an Australian coach uh, that, who is born and bred in Australia. Cannot wait for the grand final uh, Sunday. So looking forward to that at the Adelaide Oval. It's going to be, hopefully it's a sellout. Uh, the, the ground. I, th- I think they're, they're very, it's very pretty close. confident. Yeah, as much close. as the ground was poor for the Socceroos game that was held there, it's been, what, six weeks or so. And even though I think it's a lot better surface now, it'll be an absolute spectacle. They're, they've actually pre-sold, before it's gone to public, pre-sold 33,000 tickets. Yeah, that's awesome. That's before, it, it, that's only members and football family. Uh, they released, uh, released it to public, I think, yesterday or the day before. So that's going to be sold out. Oh, Two bridesmaids. One of them's actually going to get hitched eventually. Let's take a break now and come back with more of the Q&A on 1116 SEN. Brought to you by Football Federation Victoria's Community and Business. This is the Four Diego's. I've had teams before that if you told them to go Route 1, they jumped on the Princess Highway bus to Adelaide. This has been a sad coaching moment. By the four Diego's. On eleven sixteen SEN, the four Diego's. Good to have you with us on this Wednesday night on SEN eleven sixteen Melbourne's home of sport. Just going through some texts, guys. Forget Moy and Fornaroli. Where did Mario Jardel finish in the Warren Medal? That's Jake <laughs> from Brunswick. It's always one that comes up, isn't he? Um, as Moy will be playing for victory, he will win it next season, boys. So. He will win it with a proper team, supported team. Suck it up, City fans. Thanks, Paul. Diego's, we'll, we will that be... That was directed directly you know, at Warren. Can I just respond to Paul? Again, again, he falls into the cesspool of <laughs> Melbourne Victory fans that seem that they always want to turn against Melbourne City despite don't, the fact that they call us the turn on irrelevant fans. They, they, Earlier on tonight, we were getting text messages claim, from Victory fans saying no, they hate City no. but thought that Moy should have won and, the Johnny and Warren yeah, medal. Obviously, that shows that there's a degree of intellect amongst the Victory fans. But what I'm going to say to you, their preoccupation around the irrelevant little brother is astounding. It's it's absolutely astounding. They shouldn't even it's be a, talking a, it, about us. It's a rival, Warren. They don't it's see a, us as a it's, rival. It's a rivalry. Uh, well, okay. I'm glad that they've that we've risen to the point of being rivals with them. Because I tell you what, we will get onto this. Castro was sensational this season. Uh, Perth, out of sight, out of mind. There you go, Warren. Absolutely. You said you watched ninety five percent. I'm not saying he that Castro wasn't games. very good. He wasn't sensational. He didn't even get near. <laughs> the conversation as far as sensational. He was efficient. He was efficient. jeez. Oh, he was workmanlike. Jeez. <laughs> but <Workmanlike>. sensational. <laughs> he, he was very good. That's just like tell saying boy's a plotter. I'll tell you one thing, and I know this is off topic and we'll talk about it, but who cares really at this point? Aren't <laughs> the teams, aren't Melbourne I Victory and Melbourne City teams that line up in the first game next season 
aren't they going to be vastly different sides? Given yes. that you're talking about Unrecognisable that. Unrecognisable well, they will be. Okay, let's talk about some Let, of this. Let's talk about... Okay, the report card's a report card. Okay, we can talk about that. But let's talk about next year, right? Potentially, and this will... If, if you combusted before, you, you watch yourself go... You'll lurk me yeah, now, yeah. will you? Potentially. <laughs> yes. Moy won't be there. Yep. Go okay. on, take that. Navio won't be there. No, good. Two of them. Good. Wilkinson's not there. Wilkinson's gone. Gone. Fauna will have his head turned. <laughs> He's have, in da- you're was, in danger of losing Fauna too. Ah, yeah, yeah. I like that phrase, Carlos. Okay. Have his head turned. The, do you say that do, because you think he's going to be lured uh, and courted uh, by overseas interests? Absolutely. He's mid-contract, I know, but that, that won't stop any, any team with a lot of money. Um, he the said... Only, the only in so far, Warren... Mm. By the way, you've lost a couple of assistant coaches too. They've gone. Right, yeah, Luke, Luke Trani and uh, Ivan Jolich, I think they're gone. Where are they going to? Don't know. Free agents. They're gone. Right. <laughs> you may even lose a coach, depending on what the city group think. Do you think they'll come down, Carlos? On on a will they think this year was a mediocre year? I, I think they they've said accept, high no, I think KPIs. They, I think they've accepted that they they've been better than last year. Right. So it's a but tick. I think yeah, but I think. The opportunity no, was you go, lost. You'll go hard on City and soft on victory. Just no, keep, no. Keep rolling. I'll, I'll go keep back to rolling. what I was saying. Keep rolling. Moy, <laughs> Navio, gone. Yeah, yep. Fornaroli, head turned. Even if he's there, he's going to be distracted with offers all over the place. Oh, yeah. right? That yep. difficult so, second year. Yeah, absolutely. Just second ask year FBK about yep. that. And the only in so far? Manny Musket. Manny Musket. <laughs> I'm not. You laughed about Rodrigo. That's you laughing about Manny Musket. Manny Musket's a professional, but he certainly. I just can't imagine him running out on there on his own, Carlos. <laughs> that's that, right, that's, that's right. what I did. No, but he certainly, for me, so he's a backup. What are the bonuses for? Mel- I mean, bonuses for Melbourne City. The ability to pretty much go out and get anyone that they want. But they, but they got rid of Corrin and they didn't replace the marquee with. So with they've marquee. got they've got a so, fairly large cachet yeah, but, of money. But who do you oh, think, nice. honestly? Are they going to attract, even with all the oh, money they have? It. Yeah. Go hard on City, soft on victory. Typical of you. I'm critiquing City You've right started now. started the don't, team that made the prelim Wa- final. Warren, don't be yeah, a victim. Yeah. Don't be a victim. It's a discussion. Yeah. Can I say this? Like the City group, right? What have they really done that's that overwhelming for, for that City team? Like they're not pouring... Huge amounts of... Like they're, they're, no, they're buying Mitty, plays from no, the A-League Mitty, and built, keeping them in the A-League. No, they've built a state-of-the-art facility over well, at that's the trade. No, that's nice. It's a good start. But I'm just saying, like in terms of um, getting players that, that are going to make a big difference, it hasn't really happened. Well, they've got Fauna Riley, he, but he's not the marquee. I think you're referring to marquees now, aren't you? Yeah, and I'm just saying that you know, there's this thing that oh, there's all they've got all this big money behind them, and that it's going to change uh, the, the the team sheet as we know it, and it and, and it hasn't. But you got a salary cap issue, Vinny. That's no, a I problem. understand that too. Yeah, you got yeah, you got the salary cap issue. Look, Fornaroli to keep him, he has to be the marquee, right? So the question is, how you go? I mean, you cannot deny the. The partnership between Navio, Fornaroli, Moy. I mean, that, oh, that's that, outstanding. That, that's that's special. What, the best, almost the best love triangle in in A League. It, it was history. a Johnny Warren Award winning. <laughs> I've yeah, never seen a successful love triangle, but that, that was, was a, that close. was a love triangle, <laughs> right? But that's going to all now. You know, it's going to be estranged, this love triangle. Oh, and, uh, love how love they, triangles always. Yeah, and you can't just bring in good plays and think they're going to just opt into a, into a love triangle. 
because good players sometimes ah. there's no love there. So the master of the doomsday scenario. That's you, Carlos. All right, let's let's move it's on. It's a realistic to, so what's scenario. The upside? Well, let's, let's, what's the upside? Well, Caceres might plug the hole yeah, for City. Caceres might do a job, right? But he's not going to be a moy, right? Uh, the plus, the, the plus. Yeah, what's the pluses? the pluses for City is potentially they've got a lot of money. <laughs> That's it. Because I, if they lose those three or lose two of the three and Bruno doesn't have such a good year next year, I can't see how you're going to replicate at least the performance that you've had this year. Well, you scored 63 goals in 27 games. It's going to be very interesting to see. What about victory then? They've oh, obviously well, just, met Hugh Pierre is retired. To, let's just refer to Carlos. They've got a huge gap. Del Pierre is We've a huge gap. We've got our problems. They haven't replaced Milligan. FBK's had a yeah, uh, dodgy year. We don't know how that's going to go next year. He's having surgery for something at the moment. So Barisha, he had a good season. Costa Barbaroussis is gone. Costa's gone. Finkler's gone. They've just got a, exactly the same problem than City. No, except but, they didn't have a love but triangle. But the expectation... Yeah, we had no triangles. Oh. We, we had a, like a, a, a coupling. We, yeah. you know, we had maybe no Barisha and Costa. Yeah, but well, was, no, their love triangles were the year before. This year, there was some problem with the triangle. There was no, yeah. Yeah, there, there, was, right. a, there was a few problems there. So, Victory have a huge issue. In fact, Victory have a bigger issue because there's more supporters who demand more with isn't, Victory than what City has. Isn't it true, though, to say, Carlos, that if you're trying to predict what will happen next season in the A-League, that it is almost impossible to do it year on year because the teams, in all honesty, are so fluid around their personnel that really you're starting each year with pretty much an inability to predict with any great accuracy how teams are going to go. I mean, Adelaide probably, and if you think about it, 12 months on, even though um, the new manager was nil and seven, no wins in seven games, their personnel was probably the most stable mm. of personnel through the whole of the no, year. Vic victory had... Vic the criticism of victory is that they didn't turn over enough of their squad at the end of last year. Their fringe player was, players were the problem this year. Their good, good players weren't playing at their best, but their fringe players weren't knocking down the door. So um, I think A-League clubs, if they're not turning over players, they're turning over the squad, even if they've had a good year, I think they're in for trouble because everyone else is getting better all the time. I think uh, you know from Perth to... I mean, we saw such a evenness across the board this year. Uh, if you're not going out to get better players and training them harder and working hard and, and doing everything you can, you're going to fall behind. And Victory saw that this year. Looking forward to seeing what happens in the off-season there. But uh, before we go to Vinny Venezuela's Do I Love This Game segment, Warren, I think um, you know, it's, it's a, a land, the landmark decision in the UK in, with regards to Hillsborough. What are your I, thoughts on that? Look... Rarely, I mean, rarely and thankfully there are never, there aren't many incidents of this nature that have ever occurred in world football. And for the victims and their loved ones to have fought a battle for what they saw as justice. And look, I think... Can you give us a bit of a uh, synopsis about what what the, uh, the, the more recent uh, decision has been made by the courts on this? Well, basically... Since the time that it happened, there's been a battle between the victims and the police and numerous, numerous inquiries. In fact, the Prime Minister of, of Great Britain a couple of years ago, David Cameron, out, Cameron, came out and said and made a formal apology on behalf of the nation. It's basically come out to suggest that the police fabricated information around the causes of the disaster and the deaths that really implicated 
Liverpool fans in being complicit in in what happened, and it's. Of course, ninety six people. Ninety six people were killed, were, were suffocated, and they were complicit the, yeah. in in that, in terms of the way they behaved and conducted themselves throughout. It's basically come out and said that much of that information was fabricated by the police in a means of probably covering up, and I think it's fair to say covering up decisions that were made by the police in terms of opening gates and allowing extra people to come in and those type of things that really caused much of the issue. So. For the families of the 96, and look, Liverpool have been involved in many good things and many bad things, and unfortunately they've been involved in some of the, in two of the most significantly bad crowd violence issues, and this was one of them. But for the way that the club has commemorated and celebrated the lives of those fans and the support and reverence that it's taken on behalf of those fans, which the club and the city of Liverpool have given, for them to get justice... It doesn't get them back, but to get justice around this and some clarity around this, I think will will allow the club and the fans to move on significantly oh, going massive, forward. Mm, massive decision. Massive, massive mm. decision. And, and that's, I think, the most important thing for those for the families of the victims the in court, particular. The courts basically said that um, there were unlawful unlawful deaths. Yeah. So that means that that you know the the people that have been fighting for such a long time can almost have some sort of closure that they you know. Mm. They stuck at it, and for for their loved ones who unlawfully lost their lives. killed was the yeah, official judgment. And, the, and, and they're talking about incredible. the conspiracy, not only being amongst the police, but high level politicians, mm. um, you know, media. The, the ho- there's a whole there was a whole posse of of people that came together to blame the fans and uh, for the fans and their families and the club to go this far after so many years. This is 1989. We're talking mm. about. Uh, and win this case, and it looks like there will be people prosecuted on the back of as, this. As police commissioners, yeah, unbelievable! And it's a, it's an amazing win. In you know, when I say a win, it's not a win. No, people no. lost their lives, but uh, but you know, if you're fighting for something in the name of those people who died, uh, it's as good a win as oh, you can get. It's, it's huge. Mm. I thought we needed to touch on that yeah. tonight, but uh, now it's time for Vinnie Venezuela's. Do I love this game segment? The romance, the drama, the controversy, the emotions. It's sudden death. There's only one winner. Love is a many splendid thing. It's Vinny Venezuela's Gee, I Love This Game segment. Vinny, let's, uh, let's go to Europe. Let's let's go to... I was watching Game of Thrones the other night, uh, Rodrigo, Europe? the <laughs> episode one of the new season, and uh, the red lady, who's a, a quite attractive... Uh, character who's mm-hmm. also a witch at some point <laughs> she, she just she's she like looks her herself in the mirror and then she withers into an old gray lady mm. and that's when i thought of juventus because of course juventus <laughs> is the old lady of yes. course and then i thought okay this is a sign i need to talk about juventus and of course as we know or if you didn't know juventus have just won another scudetto which is the sadia uh, they've they've won sadia they've finished top of the table they, they've won five in a row now clean Clean, you know, unquestionably. Well, until we clean. find out that they've well, done you know, something wrong. The down paperwork's the track. been hidden. <laughs> no, in fact, it's yeah. clean because I've already suffered yeah. Yeah. for previous <laughs> misdemeanors and indiscretions, and this is the second time they won five in a row. So they are. It's quite a remarkable um, feat. It's fantastic in itself, and uh, the the tragic irony for Roma fan Roma. Pretty much, if you if you're not a Juventus fan, you hate Juventus in Italy, yeah. I think. And Roma fans are probably among the biggest haters of Juve you'll find. And uh, the sad thing for Roma was that in beating Napoli, who were also contenders, who are in second place, Roma beat Napoli and gave 
the title to Juventus, uh, which bodes well for Roma because they might get a Champions League spot yeah. out of it. So they're, they're a little bit, you know, saddened about th- that victory, <laughs> even though they needed to beat Napoli. It's an amazing turnaround, really, when you think about it. Well, in 2004, they they, mm. when they got uh, caught out on the Calciopoli scandal, referee tampering and all sorts of things, they were one of a number of clubs, but they were the high-profile club that were relegated to Serie B, and they had to spend a year. Del Piero went down with them. Uh, we had Buff- uh, Buffon was down there. Yeah. Some big-name players went down to Serie B, spent the year, came back. It took about six years to actually... Win a Scudetto from the back of that because Inter Milan were the powerhouses then. AC Milan won one, and then uh, Juventus when they won their first, then they won the next four after that. So, and, and the other winner out of this is uh, the the gaffer Massimo Allegri, who was at Milan, who got sacked from Milan and had to move on. And his job was, you know, he, he was at risk of losing his job this year too because the the start of the season for Juve wasn't as, as strong as it needed to be. But it's ended well. And uh, Patrice Evra has got this quote because he was talking talking up his, his new gaffer. He said, Allegri is an easy coach to understand as he doesn't like to work with stupid people. <laughs> and <laughs> I like go. that. Yeah. Nice yeah. and simple. Yeah. Yeah. So, Thank you very much, Vinny Venezuela. Did he say that in a locked bus? Yeah. <laughs> with, didn't he refuse to team? let the French team off the yeah, bus? That's right. Yeah, there you go. They're on strike. And, and look, just very quickly, we've got a big Champions League game tomorrow at Atletico Madrid v Bayern Munich. Mm. And I just got a quote from Diego Simeone, Rodrigo, don't be angry. Uh, he says, Bayern have many options, but in battles, the side with the most soldiers does not win, but those who use their soldiers better. Mm. There you go. Boom. Bit of uh, the art of war. Yeah. Let's take a break now and come back with more of the Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. On 1116 SEN, the Four Diegos. And coming up after Diego's, it's all night appetite. Tonight, the Four Diego's is brought to you by Community in Business by Football Federation Victoria. Their luncheon is happening next Friday, May the 6th at uh, White Night Receptions from 12. There's still some tickets available. Go to communityinbusiness.com.au or uh, give Anthony Grimer or Grimer a, uh, send him an email, agrimer at ffv.org.au or at FFECIB, that's their Twitter handle. Looking forward to it. Harry Kuehl is going to be there. So uh, if you've got a spare three hours or so, great lunch and great networking opportunity, and you want to catch up with arguably Australia's greatest ever player, Harry Kuehl, uh, make sure you check out FFE's community in business. Let's go to the UK now and catch up with our man from the sun in the UK, Mike McGrath. G'day, Mike, and welcome to the show. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on. Our pleasure. Rodrigo here, Vinny, uh, Carlos and Warren, as always, has got the first question. Oh, yeah, Mike. Now that Leicester are going to win the title after, I think I felt a bit sorry for Tottenham because I thought that was a foul, the West Brom goal. But that's another issue. Now that they're going to win the title, I want to ask you a question about the way they've put their team together and the way they've played this year. Do you think there's any chance that it will change the landscape in terms of the way clubs go about constructing teams for the following season? Are we just going to see the big four go out and spend hundreds of millions of pounds on players that they think are going to make a difference? Or do you think the Leicester model, which has been conservative spending, good recruiting, targeting certain players, is it going to have any long-term impact in the way clubs put together lists to be able to, to go after titles? I I don't think you're going to suddenly find Man City saying, right, we're going to recruit from France, second division, instead of John Stones. Um, I still think that they're going to go for that, for that, um, for the big signings. But 
what I do think is it has changed the landscape in terms of smaller clubs losing this fear factor that that they have had. And I think you'll see teams like Palace do well, um, even Watford have done well this season. If Newcastle stay up, somebody like that could actually fancy having a go at the title. And I think it also has put a lot of emphasis on the chemistry of the team and getting the right characters in the team rather than just the price tag. Um, I think that they've got um, a manager and player that, uh, and players that are really hungry for success, which actually counts a lot because even though they might not be as good as Ronaldo or Messi, they are very good at uh, working together as an 11 when they're on the pitch. And, and that has been better than, than all 19 teams um, in the Premier League this season. Mike, uh, it's Carlos. Uh, it was refreshing to uh, read an article or an interview with Juan Mata, Manchester United Spanish uh, international, uh, talking about how he feels that the young players or players in world football, especially in the EPL, live in a bubble and they get ridiculous amounts of money. Of course, him included. I think he gets about £150,000 a week. Uh, what's been the reaction amongst the players in England to that? I know their fans and a lot of people who you know, who just watched the game probably would have applauded those comments. But the players themselves, would they, did they stay silent or did they, uh, did they react to what he said? Um, there hasn't been much public reaction to it, but I do think that there's a... Um, it's, the players themselves, as you'll probably find with your stars over there, they're in a, they are in a bubble because they are paid a lot more than the general public. Um, and it means they're they're also a little bit they're, they're, there is a distance between players and the public, um, and it does uh, kind of create a situation they don't trust themselves, um, and they and there's a lot of hangers on. So you know, do they really want to be? Do they want to engage with the public? Not really, um, and they are definitely in a bubble because you know they are in a hotel room in the city they don't see the city uh, they train and they play football there's and and their families as well or um, a night out after um after games it's it's um quite a routine um and it, i would definitely i think that's so accurate to say that it that it's in a bubble for that that 10 15 years when they're at the top Mike, uh, Vinny here. I've got a couple of Man United questions I want to ask you. First of all, uh, the FA Cup final, if it all goes well, is that a good thing for Louis van Gaal? And secondly, there's talk of uh, Renato Sanchez, the Benfica, uh, I think he's a striker or mid- midfielder, who's who's being pursued for about £46 million p- poons at, at the moment. Would, would having him in the mix also change uh, Louis's future? I, I honestly uh, don't think that it's. I don't think the FA Cup will affect the fact that there's probably going to be a change at Man U um, in the summer. It's. It, it, that, that was a, It was a lovely goal from Anthony Martial and a really nice win. And it's going to be a fantastic day for Man U fans. And you know, he, Wayne Rooney's not won the FA Cup. He might do that for the first time. But I don't think that really papers over the cracks sufficiently that it has not been a good season because um, the FA Cup just isn't 
it just isn't uh, treated over here like it was uh, in in the 80s and and um, early 90s. So um, so no, I don't think it will affect uh, you know how uh, Louis Van Gaal standing, even though that he he could go out on a real high. Sanchez is a real interesting one. We uh, you know I haven't seen too much Portuguese football, but the reports are that he's an excellent player and that he might actually be one that. City uh, look at as well because obviously Yaya Torre is not getting any younger. Um, he's expensive, but it, he, he looks like the next um, kind of midfield powerhouse that could come over to the Premier League for, for quite a price. Hey, Mike, uh, time flies when you're having fun. I wanted to ask you about Tottenham, but uh, we're just a bit of short, short on time. Have you given up the ghost just very quickly? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a shame, but. Um, yeah, it's Leicester's now, really, barring a miracle. Um, but still, I think that they've got a decent team for the future. Hey, Mike, thanks for your time as always. Uh, check out Mike's articles on thesun.co.uk. Thanks for your time, Mike. Cheers, guys. There's Mike McGrath from The Sun. Let's take a break and come back with just a tiny bit more of the Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. On 1116 SEN, the four Diego's. Make sure you stick around for Benny Jones and All Night Appetite coming up after the Diego's. Gee, time really does fly. That's it for this week's show. Thanks for your company. Thanks for your text messages. Uh, looking forward to the FFV community and business next week. So remember, cut a losh. Wherever Puerto Rican girls hang out. Over there. there. Wherever you samba, rumba and la bamba. Over there. there. Wherever there are girls with fruit on their head and balls on their feet. Over there. there. Wherever gringos play football. Over there. We are the four Diego's. Over there.